Welcome in, Campo and Joe. We're ready to fire up another one of our podcasts. Thanks for tuning in to all of our 1010XL social media channels. I'm Joe C. from XL Primetime. You can catch me noon to three every single day of the week. And we get to invite this guy, former Dallas Cowboy head coach and longtime assistant in the NFL and college, Dave Campo, to come join us. And we're going to put together a little Campo and Joe podcast. How you doing, coach? I'm doing great, Joe. How are you? I'm doing outstanding. This guy went to Turkey. Before we uh, get into the game, we're going to look back at week one. We're going to look ahead to the game against Denver. But you had a little trip over to Turkey. Tell everybody about that, which was really cool. Well, my son, my youngest son, is uh, engaged to a young lady from Turkey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, our contact with her was almost uh, strictly on Facebook and, right. and uh, these different yeah. uh, social things. Did you, did, so, you, did you FaceTime? Are you a oh, FaceTime yeah. guy? Oh, okay, yeah. all right, yeah. checking on you. Yeah, all right. and so we ended up, uh, my wife and I, going over and, and meeting their family and yeah. uh, spending time with them. My son's over there working from home mm-hmm. until she gets her visa to come over here. So it was a great trip. Yeah, uh, Having a personal guide like that, that knew Turkey, mm-hmm. was great. We got into the real down sections nice. of uh, Istanbul uh-huh. and went down to Antalya, which is a beautiful resort. Mm-hmm. type city. So we had a really good time. Went for two weeks. I like that. I like that. I'm glad that you got over there. You got to see something that you have never seen before and happy for your son too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, thanks. All right. So let's get into something that wasn't so happy. Jaguar fans wanted to be happy. Opening Sunday of the National Football League 2021, kicking off the season, the urban renewal, the urban revival, all the stuff that we talked about. Look, Coach, I was expecting a better product. I didn't see it. So let's get into that first before we look at the Denver Broncos. Some of the things that really kind of, well, what struck you? Well, first of all, I think as a general fan, which we are now, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's disappointing. Obviously, you know, you go into the ball game, we had some expectations that, uh, you know, especially with us watching practice, mm-hmm. seeing the organization and seeing how Urban was running the the ball club. I actually sent him a text beforehand, and, mm-hmm. and I said, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm I'm really excited about seeing your stamp on things." Right. And and I and I felt that it was going to be a cleaner game, and unfortunately, it was one of those things where, you know, you have a bunch of penalties, you have a bunch of behind the chains, uh, you know, things not going well, some drop balls, which is a focus issue. Right. All of those things come into play. Uh, three interceptions, you know, and and we'll talk more about that. Why? But, mm-hmm. you know, just the whole tenor of the ball game. I don't think I've ever seen a ball game where there were three, four or five illegal formation things that didn't get cleaned up. So that's disappointing. I think there's some silver linings to it, which I think we could talk about. But yeah. uh, it it was disappointing, and it should be disappointing to everybody. Yeah, I think we still need to take the trash out before we get to the silver linings because it really is a little frustrating and. And I'll admit, uh, after 15 straight losses and all the excitement that happened in the offseason, you couldn't help but build yourself up. They were going up against what is regarded as the worst team, Coach, the worst team in the National Football League, a Deshaun Watson-less Houston Texans team that trotted out Tyrod Taylor, not a bad quarterback at all, but certainly not one that you – you know that strikes fear, and he and it was a mismatch of a lot of players that were signed as veterans over there. They were – looking at roughly 45% of their roster was brand new, yet and a, a first-year head coach in David Culley. Yet David Culley and a bunch of, I call them the you know, band of misfit toys, they looked like they were better prepared, better coached, and certainly played better 
they jumped on Jacksonville early and they never made it easy for Jacksonville. Yeah, it's it obviously is disappointing and and it's interesting because uh, last week on the show, mm-hmm. one of your shows on the primetime, right? I heard Leon make the comment that the one thing that concerned him was that even though there's a lot of new faces there and not any, uh, you know, guys that stick out to you, right? You know, when being called the worst team in football. All of a sudden, you know, some of those veteran guys start to play football. Yeah, there's some pride and, there. And, you know, there's a pride factor involved. And I think we saw some of that because I think that they played fairly well for for a team that's supposed to be the worst in the league. But, uh, you know, just the, the way the game transpired, uh, you know, Jacksonville was out of it right away. And unfortunately, when you get started badly on the road mm-hmm. it just kind of has an opportunity to snowball and that's what happened in the ball game too many penalties like we said and then when we look at some of the things that that probably concerns me more than anything else is that it didn't look like it was a well orchestrated organized team that was going to be able to play at their highest level so let's get into maybe some of the coaching concerns performance concerns and, and technique just all those things that kind of popped up uh and, and wasn't it was not a good product. Yeah, I, I, and you know it really comes down to the NFL is a is still about blocking, tackling, running, mm-hmm. throwing, catching, all fundamental things. Right. And when you look at it, we just did not look like a good fundamental football team. When you've got guys, you know, not lining up in the right spot, making some decision mistakes as far as you know who they're supposed to cover. Uh, you know, uh, holding situations. It looked like every time we did something good, the next play was a was something bad yeah. on things that can be corrected, which is the positive thing, you know. But uh, unfortunately, we didn't get the product that we were looking for. And I really, truly believe that uh, a lot of those things can be addressed. Mm-hmm. It's better to have that situation to be corrected than it is to be one-on-one with somebody and, and mm-hmm. the people have just... <clears throat> flat out better than you are. And I don't think that was the case in a ball game. Right. I think a little bit it's uh, you know a silver lining from the standpoint that going forward uh, you can make some adjustments on that. Okay, give me a little bit of that because at times, probably probably more often than not, it felt like heavyweight versus lightweight. And I, I, I can't even fathom that because of what this team has been through. And and this is not a slight at Doug Marone, but I, I couldn't help it. This, I, I, I'm screaming on XL Primetime, don't make me miss Marone because this this is this looks this looks less than what we saw last year. There were games that they were at least in last year instead of getting housed the way they did at the beginning of this one. So coaching concerns. Let's just highlight a couple of those that you that might have popped to mind for you. Well, I, number one, you know, when you've got a, a tackle that's lining up mm-hmm. back in the backfield, your offensive line coach has got to say, hey, you know, you, you know where you're supposed to line right. up. Line Get up your head there. out of your you-know-what. You know, so that's, you know, to me, that's a concern, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, they have three secondary coaches, which I'd never heard of before. But me neither. They have three secondary coaches, two of which were in the league, one that mm-hmm. wasn't. Right. Uh, they've got Bob Sanders there, who is a, a NFL, you know, very good defensive coach with the mm-hmm. Kansas City Chiefs as mm-hmm. a consultant. And they're a man defensive football team. And you look out there and teams, where are they going to run? They're going to run pick plays when you're playing a lot of man coverage, okay. especially in short yardage situations, rub off things. And they did not handle those at all. So you think to yourself, well, you know, I, I'm not a bash coach type of person because right. I've been there. Sure. You know, it's easy to criticize, mm-hmm. but it's it's hard to actually do it. 
I'm with you. But at the same time, when you see that situation, there is a concern there. Yeah. You know, uh, you've got to be able to handle that. You know, even if you haven't seen that, mm -hmm. you know, some people said, well, you know, it's the first game. You don't know exactly what Houston's going to do. If you're playing man defense, you're going to get rub off plays mm -hmm. and, and bunches and stacks and things where you have to cr people crossing each other. Right. And you know you're going to get that, so you have to be prepared for that. And that, I don't think they were. So we're talking about just either technique from the individual or the coach basically already laying it out because you're talking about levels of defense and if you're going to put a little bunch formation of receivers all they got to do is cause a traffic jam is basically all they got to do right yeah and really this team we're going to play this weekend mm -hmm. they do the same thing teddy bridgewater crossing routes are his number one thing he's not going to throw the ball down the field mm -hmm. except if you know something happens where he loses. You know you lose contain or whatever, right. like they did with uh, Taylor. Mm -hmm. uh, you know they're going to make their money crossing routes, uh, pick plays. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have to handle it this week. Yeah, and stylistically, Teddy Bridgewater is a fairly clean quarterback. He doesn't make mistakes. Uh, look, this guy's been around. I love, I love the story of Teddy Bridgewater. Comes out of Miami, street tough, has a really good football brain, had to prove himself over and over and over, goes to Louisville, beat the pants off of the Gators in a Louisville uniform back when uh, Bob Petrino was there. And then he comes through first round, yeah, first round pick late uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. Right. Then goes through a massive, massive leg injury, right. and has really just tried to claw his way back ever since then. Well, you know the the the, the interesting yeah. thing is, Bridgewater is a defensive minded coach's favorite guy. Mm -hmm. You know, if I had him, yeah. when our defenses were playing good, right. I'd be excited because he's a dink and dunk. Uh, good enough athlete, mm -hmm. similar to Tyrod Taylor, right, right. where he can get on the perimeter and make some things happen, make some plays. Uh, don't, you know, just uh, no frills, mm -hmm. just do your job kind of a guy, which is exactly what you're looking for when you have a great defense. The concern that everybody had with Tyrod Taylor mm -hmm. is he's that same type of guy, but Houston's defense wasn't supposed to be that good. Yeah. So that's why everybody going in said, hey, look, this guy's not, they can't, this guy can't beat us. Yeah. Well, he ended up beating us by some mistakes on containment and some things like that. He did it. And oh. so uh, this weekend is a very similar situation. Okay. So we're going to start looking at the Broncos. But if you were to put an order, and, and this is kind of hard to do, but things that you think are the most pressing and the things that are the most fixable. Like if you had to put them in one, two, three, coming out of that first week, what are the things that are the most pressing that have to be fixed? And what do you think are the easiest things to fix? Well, the easiest things to fix are getting lined up correctly. Okay. I'm going to go with you there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> even if you have to cut back on what you're doing, if you can't right. get lined up, right. that's number one. Okay. Uh, number two, the, the other easiest thing to fix mm -hmm. is, in my opinion, the quarterback not pressing not getting, uh, mm -hmm. you know, panicked a right. little bit and trying to win the game himself, mm -hmm. play within himself, because this guy that we have, Trevor Lawrence, is capable of doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, now, the hard things to fix are making sure that you know way, who you're supposed to cover and who you're not supposed to cover. Right. And really, the coaches have to do a little inventory of themselves and not get into a situation where they're not running the football. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got to have a mentality that we have to control what's going on up front 
first, that offensive line we have against with the run game is one of the better ones in the league, I think. But if pass defense, they're going to have holding penalties if you have to throw the ball 50 times. So it's going to be the quarter, the coaches have to do a little uh, work yeah. themselves. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm, you know, I was caught in the cliche world because I was just like, there's just too many cooks in the kitchen. There's too many offensive guys. I, I feel like trying to call the perfect play or trying to, they threw the ball 51 times. That's Daryl Bevel not helping his quarterback at all. They abandoned the running game. Well, that's interesting because, you know, you have two strong personalities, mm-hmm. Bevel and uh, Schottenheimer, mm-hmm. and they both have called games, Boys, yeah. you not- know, and they both have a little bit different philosophy. Bevel was a run guy yeah. for a long time. Before he, he went to run, Detroit. Run whisperer. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and Schottenheimer is throw the ball every down. Right. So there could be a little bit of an issue there, and some of that might come from... Too much given up responsibility from the head coach. Mm-hmm. And that's something, when we first went to Dallas, David Shula, mm-hmm. and I love David Shula. This is not an indictment on David Shula. Right. But David Shula was our offensive coordinator with Jimmy. And he only lasted two years because Jimmy looked at him and said, you know, I'm giving the guy a lot of responsibility, but I don't feel comfortable with what he's doing. Right. And we hired Norv Turner. So some, sometimes... There is a problem with the coaching staff. And if you got too many cooks in a kitchen, right. sometimes the meal doesn't come out exactly the way you want it. Yeah, too much salt. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think, like Brian Schottenheimer, it's kind of funny. Brian Schottenheimer learned under Father Marty. Marty was a run guy, yeah. way too conservative, particularly when they got in the postseason. That's where he, where he lost his job in, in San Diego right. many years ago. And then you go to the other guy, Daryl Bevel, who, as you said, was a run whisperer to begin with. Then he gets his hands on the 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 long arm of Matthew Stafford who can just sling it from anywhere and all of a sudden they start throwing the football in Detroit they don't run the football and then they get Trevor down here and I guess as Leon Searcy on XL Primetime said this is Bevel's favorite new toy he just wants yeah. to play and just have him throw it all over the place they have got to give this guy a run game yeah to have you, any and chance. you have to you really have to Joe you have to look at the fact the way the game started mm-hmm. I mean you know they were behind the chains. From the first four or five, yeah, it's uh, true drives, mm-hmm. and while that was happening, the other team is scoring points. Yeah. And so when that happens, you know your your mindset is we have to try to catch up. You have to avoid that. You have to say, here's who we are, and we're going to do what we do. Mm-hmm. And even if the game, even if we lose the game, we've got to keep the game in front of us, not you know ten miles in front of right. us, but a mile in front of us. So give me some short passing that we think, like, let's look at this Denver Bronco defense. Let's go ahead and move into this game on Sunday. What can Trevor Lawrence, what can Bevel and company offensively do to, to have success against them? Well, I think they have to, Trevor has to take a profit okay. throwing the football. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to make a lot of hay. That's the highest paid secondary in the league. So they're not going to make a lot of hay just throwing it all over the place. But they've got to trust their their playmakers to get the ball in space mm-hmm. and make some plays. And that's really what he should have been doing. Remember, uh, uh, Fangio is mm-hmm. a zone yeah, he's drop a guy himself. Yeah, right. So you've got to trust the Robinsons and the Hydes and the Chenaults and 
running some crossing routes and getting the ball up underneath and let some guys try to make plays in open okay. space. Okay. And I think that's going to be the key. But the key is getting a run game going. They have to do that. They have to take the pressure off so we don't get the holding penalties and we don't get behind the chains. Yeah, I, I, I really do like the idea of trying to utilize, because Carlos Hyde, uh, he ran for more yards. He ran it nine times, decent uh, yards per uh, yards average, and then five yards per carry for James Robinson. So at the very least, don't become so predictable where you're running on first and second and then throwing it right. on a third and eight. Right. You can't do that. Right. But at the same time, mix it up, short passes to your running backs. As you said, get Fisca involved in space, but close to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I thought they started that on the second drive when they opened up with the bootleg. Mm-hmm. And he hit the twenty-yard pass to twenty-something yard pass to to a Chark. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, they got their feet on the ground here. Now they're going to run the ball a little bit. They're going to do this. That's what I'm thinking well, the too. very next play, they go eleven yards on a run, holding penalty. Yeah. And and I will say, after rewatching the game, mm-hmm. there were some really questionable holds in there too. It wasn't just. You know, that one, I think, was not a hold of penalty. Was but that the one against Linder, or was that the one against Linder. Yeah, okay, but, but that, when they call it, it is one. Yeah. And so, you know, but I really thought that was going to be, they, they had a pretty good handle on what we have to do going forward, and, and it just, it snowballed. It, too okay. many mistakes. So you've got them running the football at the very least because that secondary is pretty good, although there's an injury back there. Yeah. So Ronald Darby not being there. There may be some opportunities. Well, that makes a difference. But, you know, remember they went out and got Sertan. Mm-hmm. With yeah, the Patrick idea. Sertan was, uh, I think, was he the first defensive player taken? I look at uh, Chief know, Spielberg he... back there for the uh, factoid. Yeah. Uh, there, he may have been the first defensive player taken. Oh, he's taken. a good player. Yeah. Now, he's going to be starting in his place. But, again, he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there might be some situations there where you can get matchup situations on right. him. But I, I really think it's going to be come down to, you know, Trevor, be impatient. Don't try to make all the plays yourself. Right, right. Use your guys. Run the football. Move the chains. Don't get behind the chains. Punt when you have to. And and then the defense just has to shore up on what they're doing mm-hmm. as well. They didn't do a whole hell of a lot on the special teams either, did they? Jamal Agnew, and and that's one of the guys that they signed as a priority to try and get something out of the special teams. Josh Lembo misses a field goal. Granted, it was a 55-yarder, but at the same time, when you can catch points, you need to. Although that, once you miss, you give that, you put yourself in a in a in a tough situation. Short field for the other team to go in and score. Yeah, and I really. Lambo's kind of struggled yeah, in my mind since I've been here. Yeah, you know, the, I wasn't here two years ago. Right, but last year you but saw him go through year, the. Uh, and, what was yeah. that a groin? So I look at Spielberg for yeah. the answer for that. Yeah. I think it, it was, was a groin. Yeah. Also, I have a quick fact check for yeah. you. Yeah, he was not the first defensive player taken. It was J.C. Horn, one pick before him. Okay, there uh, you go. See, thank you. So, you but the, both of those secondary players, they were the first defensive players taken. And this right. the, the, uh, Pat Sertan is definitely a talented dude. But Lambo, it was either a hip or a groin last year, and so you're right. You saw what was he was nicknamed Lambo Matic. He was yeah. the most accurate guy out there, not named Justin Tucker, and. He needs to have those right. moments where he's putting right. three on the board. Yeah, and I think they felt pretty good about him to even attempt that field goal at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. It just 
just didn't work out. Yeah, he did hit a 50 plus yarder two weeks ago, two weeks ago at the end of the preseason. Yeah, right, All correct. right. So a couple of other things that you see either offensively or defensively that you think Jacksonville can have some success against Denver with. Well, you know, uh, again, the one thing about Denver is, that, you know, they pride themselves on rushing the passer and playing playing in the secondary and Chubb being hurt mm-hmm. is a factor. If he doesn't play, you know, you're dealing with one guy you have to take care of. Yeah, and Mr. So, Von Miller. Von Miller. You know, and, uh, you know, that that helps them for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, and again, I think it comes down to not getting behind. the. If they stay within themselves and stay behind the, not behind the chains, but mm-hmm. with the chains. Right. Uh, I think they they can have some success with the with the run game and the short passing game. All right. One more from Urban Meyer, who at least intimated that he would like to see a the the. The skill set of Trevor Lawrence is what? Big arm, accurate, fairly good decision maker, reads things quickly, but also is a 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six guy carrying about 220 pounds. He intimated he wanted to see him maybe run just a little bit. Where are you at on that? Well, I think he should. I think he knows that uh, you know that if you've got a chance to, to make some yardage with your legs, mm-hmm. as long as you're smart enough to get out of bounds right. or down you know, in the slide— uh, he should take advantage of that. That when I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence has to be Trevor Lawrence, and that's Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. You know, and and you know, don't force things. Take what you see, and and when you get an opportunity, if you have got green grass in front of you, go ahead and take mm-hmm. it, and just make sure you're smart enough to to not you know get hit too many times. And and I was impressed with him with hanging in the pocket, but I think he has to be a little bit more maneuverable. Uh, let's get to the pass rush. What do you think can happen there? Josh Allen was at least able to get to Tyrod Taylor last week. There was some stuff happening early, Coach, which looked pretty good. But Devon Hamilton didn't quite hold up against the run the way they were hoping. So what do you think can happen with the pass rush? Well, I think the pass rush, uh, you know, I thought that they got some decent pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb Von Chason really but was in there the two or three times. Right. But he had him dead on the one that he ended up scrambling out and making a big throw yeah. on. So what, what do you just, tell a guy in that situation? Well, he, you have to get yourself under control to make okay. the tackle. Yeah, you know, it, it's one thing if you think that those quarterbacks are just going to sit there and let you hit them in the back. No, it doesn't happen. No. You know, they have they have eyes in the back of their yeah. head. Uh, you know, the, and the, when you've got a maneuverable guy, he's gonna he's gonna have good peripheral vision. He's gonna be able to duck duck some things, mm-hmm. and he just was out of control a couple of times. And uh, But, you know, I thought – I don't think they really had a chance in the ball game to really let the pass rush go. Okay. You know, because the game wasn't tight enough. It just – it, yeah. it, 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 it was just not a good ball game for the defense. Right. They, yeah. couldn't, they couldn't let their pass rush loose. Yeah. And like, too many third and shorts, too uh-huh. many – you know, situations where they didn't get a chance to really let it eat. Because there, there's, there's, if you're trailing by that much, the other team, and especially in the second half when they came out, they just said, you know what, we're going to just clock these guys. We're just going to run the ball. We're going to pot roast them is basically what they, what they would say. We're going to put this on 225 degrees. We're just going to cook them slow. Yeah. Unfortunately, this game looked a lot like a number of games last year. Yeah. And that's the concern, you mm-hmm. know, that you've got to clean up some things and – Give your chance. Give yourself a chance to do the things that who you are, mm-hmm. and I really believe that Cullen knows how to rush the passer. Uh, it's just a case of being in the right situation to be able to do that. All right. So as we wrap it up, because I felt like Joe Cullen 
got schooled by David Culley. And, and, and we're talking about two longtime assistants in the National Football League. So as much as Bevel, Shoddy, and Herb got to pick it up offensively, Cullen's got to pick it up defensively. Yeah, no question. I, I, I Like we've talked about, the numbers mm-hmm. of things that I saw that I didn't like, you know, they have to they have to get better. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm still convinced that they're better against the run than they were last year. Okay. And so, but in order to do that, they've got to go eight-man front. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something that— That's that know, man coverage you're talking you're about. Man-to-man, so you've got to be able to play man-to-man, but you've got to get— the offense into some manageable third downs. They're trying to get manageable third downs for them. Mm-hmm. You got to get defensively. You got to get them manageable for you, which is third and seven, third and eight, third and right. nine. Got to have some of those. And uh, you know they didn't get enough of them, obviously. All right, last one for Coach Campo, the uh, the guy that can be a star on the offense. You can go defense if you want to because I know you're a defensive guy, but the guy that can be a star coming out of Sunday not named Trevor Lawrence because you're looking at DJ Chark who caught a touchdown the other day. Marvin Jones, I think, had the most catches. Um, who, who's your guy? Who, who Robinson. Think? Okay, okay. Robinson's got to get the ball in his hands. Right. And, you know, even he made a mistake. I mean, he dropped one out right. the flat. Right. You know, there was a lot of green grass out there. Uh but I believe he's the the guy that they have to, uh, you know, kind of count on to keep everything manageable. Okay. And that's you know, uh, to me, that's possible in this ball game. Mm-hmm. You want to, you don't want to give Denver a chance to let Von Miller loose. No. You know that you don't want to do. So yeah. whatever it takes to get that done, it, you know, to me, it all starts with a running game. And I think he can have. A decent run day. If yeah. he gets the ball 20 times, I think he could get 90, 100 mm-hmm. yards. Yeah, it's a great point because Vaughn Miller, you do not need to be you know, be dealing with him the entire ballgame. Right. Good stuff, Coach. Thank you. Happy to be back at it. The Campo yes. and Joe podcast in the books with Chief Spielberg directing uh, our show. So we are out. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Facebook Live. Thanks for tuning in to any of our 1010XL social media channels. We'll have plenty more all throughout the week. And we appreciate you all tuning in to 1010XL 92.5 FM.